Love the sound of children in the audience. I'm so glad that you have joined us this day here in person and those who are joining us online. We pray that, as always, I don't want to discount it, but that this would be a blessing. And I hope that each and every time we gather together that we truly cherish this time. We have some visitors from Interlochen and some from the Chicago area that are here with us today. And we're glad that you have joined us. If I have overlooked you and you are visiting, you make sure you catch me at the door so that I can find out where you're from and all there is to know about you. It is uh, so interesting that today I should talk about Martha and her worrying problems in light of the fact that I spent nearly two hours this morning looking for my car keys. I didn't need them. We have two sets, so we can always find, use the second set. I just couldn't let it go. I knew, I knew that I had put them somewhere. So I'm going to preach to myself today, if you don't mind. This is such an interesting story, and as I've mentioned before, we think in pictures. We don't think in words strung together. We see pictures, and, and our picture today is easily recognizable in light of the scriptures that have been read, and we know who each person is there. It's interesting that when pictures are painted and drawn that the people... <laughs> Do not stop that child. <laughs> that the pictures... Look as though these people were born in North America in the 20th century, isn't it? Everything else tells us that about the Middle East and their customs, but their facial and body features tell us otherwise. Interesting to note that the gospel first went to the Middle East, where they are darker skins, and the gospel went to Africa before it went to Europe. When you think about that, so the next time someone says that the, the gospel is a white man's, Christianity is a white man's religion, Remind them that it went to Africa in the Middle East first. But that's going in a different direction. I really don't want to go there because I'm worried about many other things. Finishing this sermon. Such a lot to talk about within the space of these five verses. And judging by the ladies in the picture, we know who they are, don't we? Notice how Martha is always relegated to the back. And Mary is always in the front because she's chosen the better part. And poor Martha, we have just kicked her to the curb. But I wonder if we could study just a little bit deeper in this before we come to those well-worn conclusions. If you've gotten a bulletin, there is an outline there that you can follow and know when I'm getting close to the end. I'll remind you when I say, and in conclusion, and you know that I have less than 30 minutes to go. But there is something in these verses that gives us a good view of who, on to be Lazarus, who they are. We find in this verse, though, Jesus as. Now as they went on their way, Jesus and the disciples, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
There's a lot of information right there if we considered everything that is implied within that. For that house was Martha's house. And as someone who was in charge of the house and who owned the house, it was their responsibility to make sure that all things were taken care of. And she does that quite well. We find in another situation, in another gospel, to where a man named Simon, who was a Pharisee, welcomes Jesus into his house. But we find that as he was criticizing this woman for her role, that Jesus should have known the type of person she was, that Jesus reminds him that when I entered this house, you didn't wash my feet. You never kissed me. So while he may have been welcoming into the house, he did not do the things that were in keeping with welcoming. But Martha did. Martha welcomed him into her house. The town was Bethany, as we will read in John chapter 11. 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So we can identify exactly where this takes place in the book of Luke. And it was an, ex- it was an act of extreme kindness. You don't have to turn there, but in the book of Acts, chapter 16 and verse 15, Lydia has been baptized. And in the town that she was at, which was Philippi, she says, and after she, Lydia, was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Exactly the same attitude that we all have, whether it's someone who shows us an act of the kindness in a gas station, we say, well, why don't you come and stay at my house tonight? Isn't that what we do? Or they've offered to let us use their cart without using the quarter at Aldi's. We say, well, now that you've offered me that cart, well, come and stay at my house. There's a sense in the first century and before, and it has been since, but we have somehow gotten away from that a little bit, and it's understandable accommodating to people. Remember, they didn't have a hotel that would leave the lights on for you. They didn't have a and b They didn't have, well, I'm sure that in the first century you could check online to see if there were availabilities. I'll let that sink in for a moment. But it might not have been uncommon as Jesus did with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was up in the tree and he says, I I'm going to stay in your house. Come down. I'm going to stay. I'm going to dine in your house today. So hospitality was much more prevalent at that time. But I wonder if it is today. I like to believe that it really is. We can get a sense that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were well off. We have to do a little searching on this. But in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, we find it's in the context very close to this time. Six days before the Passover, verse 1 of John 12, the gospel, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. 
The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Do you think if this family was poor that they would have perfume sitting around that was worth a year's wages? Now, if we transfer that to today's earning wages, and we say that the average income is somewhere in the 50000 range. Some towns it's only forty, but some is more than that. But we'll use 50000 Can you imagine having something sitting around your house for $50,000? It's worth $50,000 other than my thimble collection. So they were not poor people. They were wealthy people. And notice something that is not in the text in any of the passages where Mary or Martha or Lazarus are talked about. Jesus does not chide them for being wealthy. In fact, it says quite the opposite. Jesus loved. Now, does Jesus love people less who are wealthy? No. It has nothing to do with this passage. He loved them, and they often had him into their home, graciously opening up their house to them. Much in the same way that we are told in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, let brotherly love continue, that Philadelphia love. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Many people believe that this is referring back to Abraham when those three men came to his house and were, in fact, angels. The law required hospitality. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34, for, for instance, you shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So all of this being put together says that They were well off, many guests, and they used what they had. Martha being in charge of the house, we can make an assumption based on that, because it was her house, that she probably was the oldest among them. No absolute guarantees, but we know because of the way that things are put out that she most likely was the oldest. And as the oldest, she took it upon herself to make sure everything was done Correctly. So good so far, right? Everyone here who would invite someone into their house would make sure that everything is just so. If you know that someone is coming over next Sunday, you will spend the next six days cleaning your house, won't you? Nobody sh- they laugh, but they're not shaking their head. It's our, it's our nature. We want to be good. Martha has a problem. Martha was distracted by serving. In verse 40, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Does that sound like us sometimes with our children? with our spouses, 
I know, guys, you like to make sure the house is just so-so, so you want to make sure that the wife helps you with it. Come on, help me, you know what? No, that's not how it goes. Make her help me. She is distracted. Some of the verses that other versions say she was distracted, she was busied, she was frantic, she was cumbered. Does that sound like us sometimes when we are getting ready to entertain guests to make sure everything is just so? Yes. Yes, it does. In verse 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I'll stop there. You are anxious and troubled. He uses two different Greek words here. And some of our translations say that she was anxious. They also use worried, fretting, busy, and careful. Does that sound like us? Can we, can we relate to this at this point? Or is this so far removed from where we're at that we never worry about anything? We never fret about anything. We're never cumbered about anything. We're never busy with those type of things. I think we can all relate to that. It says you're not only anxious, but you're troubled. You're upset. You're distracted. You're worried. Martha, this is you. Martha doesn't deny it, does she? She just simply wants her sister to help her. But Jesus aptly and accurately identifies where she is at in her life. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. It's not making sure that everything is served at the correct time. It's not making sure the house is absolutely spotless. It's not all of those things, but it is what Mary has chosen. She has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Many of us know who Paul Harvey is. Paul Harvey was famous not only as a newscaster, but also for a certain segment that he would put out there. It was about five minutes in length, and usually it was a daily broadcast, and he says, now for the rest of the story. Name or not at all. And in the end, he would reveal the person's name, and now you know the rest of the story. If the Gospel of John had taken place in the Bible before the Gospel of Luke, Imagine how different it would be to read the account in John chapter 11 and John chapter 12 about Martha. But Martha has made a journey, as it were, in a short period of time. If you'd like to turn to John chapter 11, we're going to find out what the rest of the story is. You see, Jesus didn't condemn Martha. He simply identified two things that were troubling her. You are anxious and you're troubled. But Martha has a journey yet to make.
In John chapter 11, we begin, and we're going to back up because we're going to be down in the, uh, the middle to lower part, but the beginning of the chapter gives us the context. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother was Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That gives us the context of, of what's going on. Tells us that indeed Jesus did love them. What we have read in the account of Luke chapter 10 takes place before this. And when it identifies in chapter 2, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. There is a, there's a term that we use called prolepsis, which means that we identify people throughout their life as the person that they will become. For instance, if I said that President John F. Kennedy was born in 1917. Was John F. Kennedy president in 1917? No, but we identify him as what he will become. So as John is looking back, and we believe that the Gospel of John was written, identifies this of what has happened, and it probably was happened before, or probably would happen after this, that Mary would anoint the Lord with ointment and wipe his feet with her hair. But he identifies as who these people are for our convenience. And Martha has a journey of faith to make. And we will see just how far she has come. It doesn't mean that she didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. But she hadn't quite come to that point yet. In verse 21... Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now, this doesn't sound like the Martha who was so worried about how the house would look that she neglected her faith. She could have neglected the house and sat at the feet with her sister Mary. But she hadn't got there yet. But I believe she has found her way. She is not criticizing Jesus or wagging her finger and saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And remember what Jesus had said. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And I believe that it is more than just the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead who had been in that tomb for four days. It is more than that. I believe that it is the faith of Martha, as we shall see. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
You see, that was not a general consensus amongst all the Jews. Remember, the Sadducees did not believe that there was going to be a resurrection. But Martha has come to the point in her faith, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And continuing in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Don't let that passage pass you by without realizing what she has said. Because if we were to go back to Matthew chapter 16, we would find that that statement of faith that Martha makes is right there with what the Apostle Peter said. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, as as Jesus is traveling along with his disciples, and he casually making conversation with them, says, "Uh, who do people say that I am? And they answer, well, some think that you're John the Baptist or that you're Elijah, one of the prophets. And then he asks the question of all questions. Who do you say that I am? Verse 15, Simon, verse 16, pardon me. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Why should that passage be any less significant than what we have read in John chapter 11? That Martha makes this statement I know you're the Christ. I know you're the Son of God. Martha has come a long way. How sad it is that no matter how many pictures that we will paint of Mary and Martha and Jesus, that Martha will always be in the back. She will always be that one who has that look, that worried look, that anxious look, that look of... How dare she take the day off when I have to do all this slaving work? And that's where she remains in many people's minds without understanding that Martha had made a journey so significant that she was able to make that confession and realization and observation that so many could not. I know my brother will rise in the resurrection. I know that if you had been here, he would not have died. That's not criticizing Jesus. That is the confidence that she believed in the Christ. She believed he was the I laugh at myself. Not while I'm looking for the keys that I have lost. And it continues to happen to me time after time after time that I worry about things that I know are so insignificant. After the fact, they're so insignificant. But not there in the moment. And I need to remember and read over and over what Jesus said to Martha. You are worried and anxious about many things. 
And now I move beyond my keys. I move beyond those things that I have misplaced so often and realize that I can apply that principle to virtually everything in my life. And I believe that you can as well to realize in all of the things that we worry about and we will worry. We will continue to worry. We will continue to be anxious about many things because new things come into our life over and over as we age. New challenges. But we need to remember what Jesus told Martha, who stands head and shoulders with the great people of faith of the Bible. No less than Peter, no less than the disciples, because she made the same confession of faith. And I wonder if in our worries, in our anxiety, that we are willing to stop and make that same confession. I'll worry later, but Jesus is in charge of all things. If you're not there today, well, you can help me and walk along with me as I'm not there yet either. We all need one another's help. And we stand here ready to help in any way that we can, but especially in that walk of faith to salvation, realizing that it is the belief that Jesus is the Christ and that he is in charge of all things and that he will see us through into the resurrection. If by faith we confess that he is Lord, believing that he is the Christ, repenting of our past life and turning to the new, and in that act of faith and baptism, rise again to newness of life, if there's anything that you need help with this day, we encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.